we just basically read it. We picked out a few areas where we couldn't really move forward without picking up other scriptures. And we just kind of gave a general uh, overall of the book of Revelations. Um, and uh, so that's what we've been doing. So we'll, let's um, do our confession. Let me turn off my sound here so we don't get bumped and interrupted and all that. Miss Brooke's not able to join us tonight because she's having to uh, catch up on some work because she has some stuff going on around her today uh, that she had to contend with. Uh, so we definitely want to continue to lift up Misty and Todd. Uh, if you did not get the text, so uh, Misty is a very good friend of Brooke's. She's kind of like her sister. She's actually a cousin, but she's like a sister to her. Uh, and she has been in the fight of her life. Uh, for a couple of weeks now, uh, they airlifted her. They thought that she had a brain tumor, and then they said, no, it wasn't a tumor. It was an aneurysm, and then they said, no, it wasn't an aneurysm. It was actually a stroke, um, and then they narrowed it down in, to a hemorrhagic bleed, which is a bleed in the brain, whether the stroke was associated with it or not, or an aneurysm. They don't, we, were, we don't really know all the details, um, but so she's so she's got that going on in her in her brain, uh, and then they found out that there was a clot in her in the aorta of her heart, um, and so they've been trying to deal with that uh, without causing the bleed in the brain to bleed more. Um, and then as a result of all of that, she had clots in her leg, and they ended up having to amputate her leg, and she's been unconscious. Uh, through the whole thing, so she's still unaware that they've had to amputate her leg. Uh, and then uh, two days ago, she started showing symptoms of a clot in the other leg. And then yesterday, uh, we got the phone call. Brooke called me uh, late in the afternoon on her way home and said that the doctors came in and thought that she possibly had contracted meningitis, uh, which is detrimental or could be, de could be devastating is what the doctors said. Uh, however, today uh, we got a good report. The great physician's on the scene. Uh, she is negative for meningitis. They are now thinking that the symptoms that they're seeing is just a result of the trauma on her body. Uh, so that, that's actually a good report. That's actually a good report. Uh, they've not been able to get her off of the vent uh, because every time they wean her down, she starts fighting uh, the tube, uh, so they were going to do a trach, a trach on her today so that they could get her off of the vent, which is good. If they can get her off of the vent, that's good, because uh, the longer you're on the vent, the less apt you are to come off of it. So we need her off of that vent. So that's a good report also that they're get, working to get her off of the vent. Um, and uh, so we're just continuing to stand in faith. Brooke is standing in faith. Brooke is keeping the family in faith. Um, just, we're just, fight, you know, we're just fighting the fight of faith with them. And, uh, you know, Missy's, you know, and of course, Misty and her husband, Todd, they've got a young lady, uh, her, their daughter is a senior in high school. Uh, and then they've got the first grandbaby on the way, uh, coming, arriving in November. So Missy's got a lot of things to live for. So we're just standing in the gap. We're interceding for her. And uh, we're just believing for her for divine miracle taking place, creative miracles taking place in Misty's life. And uh, in that, uh, we've actually been praying for her and Todd for quite some time that they've come back into proper fellowship with the Lord. So we're believing 
uh, that that will happen also. Uh, so we just want to keep them lifted up, keep Brooke lifted up. You know, she's dealing with some stuff uh, from, you know, people that live near her. And we just know that God's got favor on that situation. And she's working on, and he's working on that situation as well. And then uh, Pastor Mike sends his love. We he talked to him today. Uh, he's got very limited uh, phone signal, but you can text him. Uh, you can call him, but you might have to play phone tag back and forth between he can hear you and can't hear you. Uh, so the best thing to do is text. Um, but it's a 90,000-acre fire, and uh, it's right now it's resting because they had a little had a good rain spell. But things are starting to dry up, and the conditions are getting ready, uh, are starting to pick up where this fire can pick up and take a run. And uh, if it picks up and takes a run in the wrong direction, it'll go right into the redwoods. And uh, we don't want that. We don't want to see a fire in the redwoods at all. I told him, I said, that fire picks up and starts to go that way because he's going to go to a spike camp on that side of the fire. I said, that fire looks like it's going to pick up. I said, you speak to it in the name of Jesus. He said, I will. <laughs> and I said, just speak to it anyways, and he is. Uh, so, you know, we've got the, you know, so God's working on him, on that out there. And Miss um, Bridget, yes, 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 yes. Praise God. Praise God. Healed and whole. Thank you, Father. That's wonderful news. He's healed. And then your mama goes to surgery Friday, right? Friday, Miss Sandy's having surgery on her knee, so we're just supernaturally, supernatural recovery for her. We want that. We she had a supernatural recovery. I mean, it was supernatural. Her hip, her hip surgery. That y'all were there at what? 5:30 in the morning? Something like 5, 5:30 in the morning. By 11 o'clock, they were walking out of the hospital. She walked into IHOP just having a knee, a hip replacement, and she walked in under her almighty power. So, Lord Jesus, they do some incredible things. And God's right there with them. So praise God, uh, that's going on. So we're going to have to leave for the same thing with her knee. And then uh, we'll pray, we'll do our confession, and we'll get right into the word tonight. So, uh, yeah, we're going to pray first. So, uh, Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we just love you. We honor you. We praise you, Father God. Father, for your word tells us that we can enter into your courts and into your throne room with praise and thanksgiving so father we come into your throne with praise and thanksgiving upon our lips father we praise you we honor you we thank you father god father your word says where two or three are gathered in prayer that you're right here in the midst of us and so father we thank you that you're right here Father, prayer is nothing more than communication with you. So as we communicate with you, you're right here with us. And Lord Jesus, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for the sacrifice that you, that you paid upon the cross. Lord, we're so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful for your love. We're so thankful for your mercy. And Father, as we approach your word tonight, as we read the end of the book, as we come boldly to the end of Revelations, Father, help us to see so plainly and clearly that we win. In the end, we win. We're victorious. We, come, we, are, we are more than conquerors, and we are overcomers in Christ. And, Father, we just ask that you cause each and every person to have an ear to hear and an eye to see the things of the Spirit. And, Father, a heart to receive with understanding the good word into the good ground of the heart. 
Father, think through my mind, speak through my lips, the very oracles of God. Father, use my tongue as that of the pen of the ready writer to declare your wonderful works. And Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving, Father. And Father, we thank you for all that you are and all that you do. And we glorify you and we magnify you, Father God. And, Father, we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Now, every Wednesday night, now, if you all agree with that prayer, it's okay to say amen. Amen. Come on, glorify us. I mean, let's glorify Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, every Wednesday night, we have our confession. And uh, that confession doesn't do a thing for God, but it helps us to know what this wonderful book is and how this wonderful book impacts our life. So let's, let's confess this together. This is my Bible. It is always true and the final authority. My Bible is God talking to me. I read this word daily. I meditate on this word day and night. This word is rooted and grounded in my heart. This word feeds and grows my spirit. Therefore, my flesh does not control me. I walk according to the Spirit. I am the child of God. I have the mind of Christ. God's thoughts are my thoughts. God's words are my words. God's actions are my actions. I am a doer of the word. Glory to God. We'll turn to Revelations chapter 1. Well, pastor, 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 you said we was finishing tonight. This does not look good for finishing. Go to Revelations chapter 1. <laughs> Brandon says, oh, Lord, we done restarted. Oh, Lord. Now, I just want to put you in remembrance of one verse, one verse, verse 3, verse 3. This is what John, this was the instruction that John gave us about this revelation. He said, blessed is he that readeth. Have we been reading this in detail? So guess what? We're blessed. Uh, and they that hear the words of the prophecy. Have we heard the words of the prophecy? Amen. We're blessed. And keep those things which are written therein. Have we ke are we keeping them in our hearts? That's what it talks about, keeping it in your heart. For the time is at hand. The time is at hand. In other words, we're coming right up on the end of the church age. We're right here at the end of it. How much do you know when John got this revelation, they were at the, end, they were at the beginning of the end? Now, we're at the end of the end. And uh, so this is so everything that's written in here, and we've seen through this book that, that, uh, that really this revelation talks about Christ from the beginning to the end. It talks about who he is from the beginning. It talks about who he is through the church age. He talks about the church age. He talks about the states of the church. Uh, and, you know, when, it talk, when, he, when he talked to the seven churches, he, uh, he was addressing issues that are in uh, churches everywhere all the time. Uh, you know, he talked about uh, the church being called out. He talked about what is going to happen in the seven years um, after the church is called out of here. And notice that we found out that while the present-day church, and I shouldn't say the present-day church because we've also found out 
in this that not everybody that's in the physical church is going out of here in the rapture. Remember, we found that out. Remember that we found out um, that that uh, there's some qualifications besides just receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior to go out of here in the rapture. And we're going to see a couple of those verses that kind of nail that point home tonight. Um, and, and here's the deal. It's not that God's mean. It's not that God's hard. It's not that it's hard to make heaven. It's actually extremely easy to make heaven. Believe it or not, it's extremely easy to make heaven. How do you make heaven? Go to Romans chapter 10. Roman, yeah, it's okay if we follow the Holy Ghost. All right. We're still going to finish. Don't, don't panic on me. We're still going to finish. It's extremely easy. Go to Romans chapter 10. It's extremely easy. It's extremely easy to go to heaven. Extremely easy. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says that if thou or if you shall confess with your mouth the who? The Lord. Does it say the Savior? No, it says the Lord. How much do you know when somebody's Lord, whatever they say, that's what goes? When so, well, well, I, That was a wimpy. How much do you know when somebody is Lord, whatever they say goes? Now, that's hard for us to understand because we don't deal with lords and kings today. But Lord basically means master. And if the master says, do this, you do it. And if the master says, don't do this, guess what? Don't do it. So it says here, he said, if thou shalt confess with the what? With the mouth. Does it say if you'll think so in your mind? Does it say if, you'll hope, if you hope so? No, it says if you'll confess with your mouth the what? The Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine head. No, heart. In thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be what? Saved. And we found out from prior studies that this word saved is the word sozo, S-O-Z-O, long O, S-O-Z-O, sozo. And it means to be made completely whole, completely whole, whole spirit, soul, and body. It means to be rescued in every sense of the word. It means to be set free from all sickness, plagues, disease of every part of the body this word doesn't just mean you get to make heaven this word means that you're made whole in every aspect of life you are made whole if you make that confession well praise god it's so simple to become a born again believer you just got to believe but so many people and this is why i say not everybody in the church is going out of here in the rapture it's because there's a lot of people sitting in the pews that have made head knowledge they believe in Jesus in their head, but not in their heart. It's a head thing. It's not a heart thing, but it's got to be a heart thing. Well, why does it have to be a heart thing? Because when it's a heart thing, it brings change. It brings change. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Pastor, I thought we were doing Revelations. We are. We are. But we're gonna, I, I got to make sure that you know how to qualify for the end of the book. I got to make sure you know how to qualify for the end of the book. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, when Jesus came, Jesus came re preaching this. In, in, in Matthew 4, 17, it says, From this time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, 
repent. Well, that word repent means change. Change in your mind, change in your thinking, change in your behavior, change. He said change. He said change for the kingdom of heaven is where? At hand. Did it say heaven's in the future? No, he said heaven's at hand. If something's at hand, that means you can reach down, you can grab it, you can touch it. You can reach down, you can grab it, you can touch it. So when Jesus came, he said heaven's touchable right now. Many, many people are looking to reach heaven later on. But no, you can have heaven on earth right now. How can you have heaven on earth right now? Go to John, John uh, 14. We're just hitting some highlights. Just hitting some highlights right here is all we're doing. No, we're not listening to music. Thank you, phone. John 14. John 14. We're just hitting some highlights. Just hitting some highlights. Let's look at verse 12. John 14, 12. Uh, well, let's back up to verse 11. He said, Believe in me that I am I, that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe not for the very works' sake. He said, if you don't believe me for the words that I speak, believe for the works that I show you. And then he says this. He says, verily, verily. We found out that verily, verily means truly, truly, or, he meant, or, he, or really what he means is, I'm telling you an infallible truth. He said, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, he that's born again, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater uh, works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Now, the reason that we do better works or greater works is because we've got the Holy Ghost living and dwelling on the inside of us. That's why. He says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Praise God. We can just ask anything in his name. As long as it agrees with the word. Listen, you can't go out here to the corner and get you, get you a, a vial full of something and say, Jesus, let this be the greatest high I've ever had, because that doesn't agree with the word. It's got to agree with the word. It's got to agree with the word. And what does the word say? The word says sickness has to go. The word says that freedom and liberty in Christ is ours, that peace is ours. That, that the goodness of God belongs to us. The word tells us that everything that Christ has, we have. Because we're, we are equal uh, heirs with him. So it's got to agree with the word. He said, uh, verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give, give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Listen, the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us. Glory to God. He said, even the spirit of truth. What, who lives on the inside? The spirit of truth. Listen, if the spirit of truth lives on the inside of you, a lie should never come out of your mouth. If the spirit of truth lives on the inside of you, a lie should never come out of your mouth. Now, that's a choice because he's not going to force you to always speak truth, but he's going to prompt you when you lie. He said, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth not him, neither know him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come. Yet in a little while the world seeth him because I live in you also. At that day uh, you shall know that I am in the Father and ye in me and I in you. 
Now look at this. This is very careful. Look at real careful here. He said, he that hath my commandments and keep them. If you have, if you look at this, it says, he that hath my commandments and keeps them, keepeth them. He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved by my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Listen, part of loving Jesus is keeping the commandments. Part of loving Jesus is keeping the commandments. Well, I don't know the whole book. Well, he just said that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit will give you a nudge and go, mm-mm, don't do that. Mm-mm, don't do that. Mm-mm, don't, no, don't do that. Don't go there. Mm, don't, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So when we've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit can keep us out of sin, can keep us out of sin. Remember, Jesus told the man in the tombs, once he set the man free, he told the man, he said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. In other words, Jesus set him free from the works of Satan, and then he said, now don't go sin anymore. He said, because if you go sinning, if you make sin your habit, then those demons are going to come back on you, and it's going to be worse than it was before. Listen, when we come into Christ, something should happen that we change, and we stop sinning. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Don't worry, we're going to finish Revelations. Don't worry, we're, going to, we're, we're working our way there. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We're just, we're just being obedient. We're just being obedient to the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5. Thank you, Father. I said Ephesians, I meant Galatians. I'm so sorry. Galatians 5. Y'all know where I'm going. Come on. Galatians 5. Oh, Lord. Help us out. Help us, Lord. Help us to not get stuck here. Come on. Whew. Come on. It does. Come on. Let's look at verse 12. Galatians 5, 12. Come on. They all, just, they all just got their page there and went, oh, this page. All right, Galatians 5, here we go. Verse 12. I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. In other words, uh, here, Paul, under the unction of the Holy Ghost, was saying these people that are into all kinds of stuff and what have you and into wrong living, I just, he said, honestly, I prefer they just be cut off from you. But then he goes on and gives us, brethren and sisters, some direction. He said, for brethren, just like Brother Randy, we'll throw the cistern in there too. Come on, brothers and sisters. He said, you have been called on to liberty. Listen, the liberty, the freedom. Satan is working hard to change our understanding of this word liberty. He's working real hard to change our understanding of liberty. Liberty is a freedom. But freedom does not mean that you are free to go live however you want to and do whatever you want to. No, no, no. Yes, I am free. Don't fall out. Don't stone me. I'm free to go down here and rob the bank if I want to. But I'm also free to suffer the consequences too. You understand what I'm saying? 
Don't you? He said, brethren, you have been called to liberty. In other words, we've been called to freedom. I've been set free from addiction. I've been set free from the curse. I've been set free from the works of Satan. I've been set free from lying because how much you know, Satan is the father of all lies. And if I've been set free from the works of Satan, I've been set free from lying. I've been set free from cussing, corralling, drinking, smoking, toting, sexing, you name it. I've been set free, gossiping, murmuring, complaining. I've been set free from all of it. Now, he said, uh, you have been called unto liberty, only use not your liberty for the what? Occasion of the flesh. He said, yes, you're free to, do, to live however you want to, but don't live however you want to just so your flesh can feel good for a moment. But love, or, or but by love, serve one another. He said, basically he's saying, let your liberty, your freedom in Christ be used for serving other people. And it doesn't mean serving them with your flesh. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Yes. All right. He said, uh, verse 14, he said, And all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, I pointed out, I don't know, a week or two ago, that in the Greek they have multiple words for love. We have one word for love. And our one word for love, we can use in all kinds of ways. I love my pizza. I love my car. I love my dog. I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my spouse. love my kids. love my God. How much you know we don't love our God the same way we love pizza? And, we don't lo- and hopefully we don't love our spouse the way, or we don't love our dog the way we love our spouse, hopefully. Hopefully. But the Greeks had multiple words. The Greeks had the word um, agapeo, which is a... Uh, love just out of duty. They have love. They have agape, which is a which is the love of God, which God first starts off in agapeo, and he ends up in agape, which means he has the feelings and the emotions of love to go along with it. Uh, then they have uh, the word uh, uh, eros, which means a physical touch or physical lustful love. And then they have uh, a couple other ones that mean like brotherly love and and a couple other ones, but we're just going to use, for the sake of this, we're going to use that word eros, which means a lustful love, a physical love. And how much you know when the Holy Ghost said, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, he, didn't, he did not mean thou shalt eros thy neighbor as thyself. How much you know, that's not what he meant. No, what he meant was agape. Agape, love them with the love of God. Love your neighbor the way God loves you. Don't put yourself before them. Take care of them. Take care of others first. Love them the way that love God, love, the way God loves you. Don't be puffed up and full of pride. Don't don't rejoice in evil, but rejoice in righteousness. That's what he was talking about. And then he said, "But if you <laughs> but if you bite and devour one another, how much you know if you love if you're loving your uh, brothers, if you're loving the world like God loves them, you're not, ta- you're not tearing them down. You're not talking about them bad. You're not tearing them up. You're not ripping into them. He said, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. In other words, don't get all consumed up in this living like the world lives. So don't get caught up in that. 
He said, this I say then. Now, remember, Paul, you can say, well, this is Paul's thinking. No, this is the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul. Be very careful about how you read the scriptures. This is God speaking through Paul, through the inspiration of the Spirit. And he said, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, listen, first you got to be born again. Then you got to learn to walk in the Spirit. you got to walk away from sin. Now, uh, you know, Jesus, time and time again, all through the Scriptures, Jesus said, go and sin no more. He said, repent, change, for the kingdom of, hand, kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus, Jesus said to stop these things, stop these behaviors. Look at verse 17. He said, for the flesh, for the flesh lest us against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would do. In other words, if you're going to do the things of the flesh, your spirit's going to be grieved. If you're going to do the things of the spirit, your flesh is going to throw a tantrum. Here's the good news. You can do the things of the flesh all day long, but your spirit is going to be grieved all the time. I mean, you can, you can, you can, make your, your, you can harden your heart to the spirit so hard that you don't hear it anymore, but down deep on the inside when you're alone and you're still, you know that you're guilty and in the, sin, in the flesh. But your spirit, if you will walk in the spirit, eventually your flesh will get used to spiritual things. Eventually, and, and your flesh will quit fighting you eventually. He said this, verse 18, he said, But if you be led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Listen, when we come into Christ, Christ gave us two commandments. He said, love the Lord. They asked him, they said, what, are the, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, this is the, he said, the first is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. We looked at that a couple weeks ago. And then he said, and the second is like on the first, love thy neighbor as, I love thy, as, as, uh, as you love yourself. Well, you can't love yourself if you don't know how to receive the love of God first. So you've got to do the first two. He said, on, or he said, on these two hang all the law and the prophets, if you'll do those two things. Well, how do you do those two things? You live out of the Spirit. Now, this is where it gets hinky. He said now, verse 19, and I'm not going to define these. If you don't know what these mean, get out your dictionary and go look them up. You'll be shocked and amazed, but use your Bible dictionary because the world's dictionary doesn't define these things the way that God defines them. He said, now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery. And that's not just having sex outside of your personal marriage. That's having sex outside of the marriage, but it's also being unfaithful to God. It's also unfaithfulness to God. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, uh, emulsions, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like. Anything that falls in those categories are, is included. He's just given a summary. I encourage you to go look these words up. You'll be shocked and amazed at what these things include. Now look at what he says. He says, of which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past. So these, these things have been uh, listed many times before. In fact, Jesus himself listed these things. He said, uh, as I have told you in times past, he said, they that which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me be very clear. 
who Paul was writing to. He was writing to the church at Galatia. In other words, he was writing to the churches in Murphy and every other place in the world. He was writing to brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, I even said, he even said in verse, six, in verse 12, he, or verse 13, he said, for brethren. He's not talking to the sinners. He's talking to the people in the pews. And he said, if these things are your habitual habit, if this is your manner of living, if this is your character, if this is who you are, you do not inherit the kingdom of God. This is why I say there are people that are in the church today. There are people that claim to know Jesus today that this is their manner of living and they think they're going out of here in the rapture. That doesn't agree with scriptures. Now, does that mean if you don't go out of here in the rapture, you're doomed, that's it, you're headed to hell? No, it does not. Because the whole point of the seven years of, the whole point of the seven years of tribulation is, to, is for God to give you a major serious wake-up call. It's to give the believers and the Jews a serious wake-up call. Hello, you've only got a little bit of time left. I love the Jewish people. They're family. I'm engrafted into the Jews. Do you know that you're Jew by blood? By the blood of Christ, you're adopted into the Jewish family. But here's the deal. Most of our Jewish family are not going to go out of here in the rapture because most of them have denied Christ. So it's important, it's critical that they get that seven years. It's critical that the 144,000 get marked and preached the way they need to preach so that they can make heaven because they got to make it. We need them. We need them. We need our brothers and sisters in, 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 in the Jewish lineage to make it. But then, oh, but there's good news, verse 22. And it says, and they that are Christ are, have crucified the flesh. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I jumped to 24. Let's read verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. Listen, if you can look at somebody's life and you can say they've got love, they've got joy, they've got peace, they've got patience, they've got gentleness, they've got goodness, they've got some meekness in them, they've got some self-control, these are people walking by the Spirit. These are the ones that are going out of here in the rapture. So you, you want to get this part going. Now, that I've made that clear, let's go to chapter 21 in Revelations. We can do this. We can get through this. All right, we can get here. Now, we're starting at the midpoint. If you need the prior point, you've got to go back and listen to last week's. But we're starting right here in the midpoint. Let's look at verse 8. Just, just, to, just, to, just give that second verse that matches what I just said. Verse 8, Revelations chapter 21, verse 8. It says, but the fearful, and I talked about this last week, that that word really should have been translated the vile. The vile. We understand the vile better. Revelations 21, verse 8. The, the, the fearful or the vile, the unbelieving, which is the unfaithful, the abominable, this is not talking about the abominable snowman. Uh, no, the abominable. These, you know, over in Proverbs it says that uh, these seven things God hates. They're the abominations of God. 
you know, they, the murderer, the, the swift to shed innocent blood, the liars and things like that. Go look it up. You don't want to be the abominable. We're saving time. We're not looking at it. And murderers and whoremongers, we've talked a lot about the whoremongers. And sorcerers, that's people that use anything to affect the mind. And idolaters, we've talked a lot about that. Now, this one's a hard one to swallow. All liars. All liars. That's a hard one to swallow. Because we've been taught a little white lie doesn't hurt anybody. Ah, how are you going to feel that little white lie cost you heaven? Because it says all liars. And God doesn't differentiate between little lies and big lies. And he's no respecter of persons. Come on. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We've studied out the second death. The second death is eternal separation from the Father God for all of eternity. In total darkness, fire, brimstone, all that, you don't want that. All right, now that's the end of the bad news. Thank God, Jesus. Well, I say that, but he, he reminds us two more times who doesn't make heaven. Anyways, let's keep reading. Let's get into the good news. He said, And there cometh unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. We talked a lot about the plagues. And talked with me, saying, Come hither. So this angel, that, one of these angels, here comes another one of these angels that had the seven last plagues, which we learned in prior scriptures, um, that angel simply means messenger. We found out that a pastor can be considered an angel according to the scriptures. We found out that an angel can be um, a prophet of old or a man. It's, it's basically somebody in the word they use for angel simply means messenger. And we've also found out that the angelic beings that are servants to the heirs of salvation, the angels of God, uh, the spiritual beings that we refer to as angels are also angels. So we found out in prior chapters that the, the, the seven angels that carried the seven last plagues were actually humans. At some, they were, they were, they were uh, the redeemed in heaven. We don't know exactly which ones they were. Uh, and we'll see that again here right before we get done reading. He said, but this angel cometh, this messenger uh, said, come hither and I will show thee the bride. The bride, the lamb's wife. Now, we know that the lamb is Jesus Christ. And now he's going to show us the lamb. He's going to show us his bride. And, uh, you, if, and we know, we understand that uh, we, the believers, are part of the bride of Christ. So when we start to look at this and we find out he's talking about a city, it makes our head go tilt. But I'm going to do my best to explain this to you. All right, so this is where you got to listen with your spirit. It says, and he carried me away in the spirit. So where is John? Is he in the world or is he in the spirit? He's in the spirit. He's seeing things from a spiritual standpoint. And it says, to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So here John is in the spirit. And he's seen spiritual things, and he's, and he's up on top of a high mountain, and he sees the holy city, Jerusalem. Now, we know from looking at things in the natural that Jerusalem is a city uh, that's kind of in a, a lower area, but it's got mountains surrounding it. 
and he so he's in the spirit and he's look and he's on this great he's up on this great high mountain and then the lord and then this angel says look down and it shows him this holy city jerusalem but then he sees something descending out of heaven from god this is what he sees descending having the glory of god now we hear that word glory and we don't think a whole lot about that word glory but i looked this word up just to kind of get a better idea of glory this word glory means splendor or brightness as in the brightness of the sun or the brightness of the moon this is not like ooh, we flipped on the light and it's bright this is like massive brightness uh, magnificence excellence preeminence uh, dignity grace majesty as of a supreme ruler or majesty as of absolute perfection and excellence so he sees this he sees this this bright splendorous 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 um, magnificent excellent perfection coming down just just i mean just the beauty of what he sees is coming down he says having the glory of god and her light was like unto a stone most precious um and now notice it says her light was like now he's talking about the bride the light of the bride was very very bright it was very very precious even like a jasper stone and clear as crystal have you ever gone i don't know if anybody's ever gone to like a jewelry store and you pulled out the diamond you know you pull out the really nice you know the really expensive stuff that you kind of <clears throat> choke on when you ask to look at it and they get that spotlight on it and that thing glistens and i mean if you turn it just right it'll blind you like i've had that happen i'm like whoo and you kind of see rainbows and stuff from it and that's kind of what this is like that's kind of what this is like and apparently it's got a little bit of a green because jasper's green it's got kind of a green tone to it a beautiful green tone to it and um, he says and had a wall great and high so now we know that the bride is beautiful the bride is glowing the bride is just beautiful and bright and shining but this bride has a great wall has a wall around it has a wall and this is what the wall looks like had a great wall and high, a, a wall great and high and 12 gates and at the tw and at the gates 12 angels so there's 12 gates and every gate has 12 angels you think they're well guarded yeah you know y'all we see the little cartoon and it's like there's the one little angel and he looks all wimpy and everything no 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 there's 12 angels at the 12 gates this is not some you don't approach the gate going oh i can just slip in under the gate you approach the gate going is it okay if i approach like you know like you know this is a holy reverent place and uh this is the names they're written there on which are check this out which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of israel so notice there's one gate per tribe there's one gate every gate has the names of the 12 tribes why because it all started with 12 tribes yeah I mean it started with Abraham but then when the family exploded there were 12 tribes he said in the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel when I get to heaven that's gonna be one of my questions Lord what tribe did I get engrafted into do you ever think about that 
what tribe did I get engrafted into? Because the different tribes had different jobs. The different tribes, the different, go back and check out the tribes. The different tribes had different roles and responsibilities. It's real, what, what the twelve tribes did was really cool. It says, on the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. When you enter into heaven, you're entering in from one of those gates. When you enter into the holy city, you're going to be assigned a gate that you get to go through. Woo! Which gate are you going in? Which gate are you going in? I mean, come on, which gate are we going in? Come on. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> assign me my gate. How much do you, when you get a ticket to a concert, think about this, when you get a ticket to a concert or something you really want to go to and it's got assigned seats, how much do you, you pull that ticket out and you look at it multiple times. Ooh, what, what gate am I going in? What section am I in? What row am I in? On that row, what seat am I in? Listen, when you get your ticket to heaven, you're going to be, what gate, Lord? What gate? How far down? How close to the throne am I? Come on, Jesus. Which gate? Come on, Jesus. Which gate? Help me. Help me, Jesus. Which gate? You're going to be pulling out your ticket going, which one? Which one? Where I go? Ah. I mean, you're going to be like, i got to make sure I get the right seat. Oh, because it's going to be glorious. Glorious. This is in the wall of the city had 12 foundations. 12 foundations. Now, I'm not going to lie because I understand construction a little bit. And, you know, you don't ever build a building without, construct, without a foundation. I think it's really interesting. You know how, you, you know, everything's satellite views on your maps and stuff? And have you ever pulled up your house and realized, man, that picture's like 12 years old or 8 years old or that's a real, you know, like the one house, it's like, oh, that was before we got a new roof. Ooh, Google, can you update that? Come on. The new ha- the house that we're in now, the house that we're in now, the only thing that it shows is the foundation blocks. In that picture, that's all it shows, is the foundation blocks. Why is the foundation so critical? Because everything that you build is is based on that foundation. If that foundation is not solid, if that foundation is not level, if that foundation is on slipping sand, your house is not going to stand. You You need a strong foundation. And in some of these areas... Like, I know out in Oklahoma, some of these houses that were built years ago, because they're on the fault lines and what have you, the houses are starting, the concrete is starting to slip and shift. The same thing's happening down in Florida, and it's starting to split and shift. And they've got these foundation specialists, and what these foundation specialists come in and do is they drive pillars that are 15, 20, 30 feet deep into the ground, and they anchor your foundation to these pillars. Because the deeper your foundation, the more stable your, your house. The more stable the house. The stronger your foundation, the more stable you are. The more, the, the, the more you have your foundation in Christ, the more, you, the more word you have on, in you, the more foundation of the Bible that you have in you, the better and easier your walk will be. If your walk is, if you're, if you're struggling in your walk, you need to rework your foundation. You need to go back to the basics, and you need to rework your foundation. If you're easily swayed, if you're easily shifted, you need to work on your foundation. But look at this. It says, um, 
It says, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations. That means they put down a foundation, and then they put down another foundation, and then they put down another foundation. They did this 12 times. And most of your foundations are at ground level or underneath. Why? Because it makes it more secure. It makes it more stable. It makes it more... Now, but check this out. And in them, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. What is our foundation, our Christian foundation? It's on the teachings of the apostles. We're a New Testament church, and the New Testament church, the gospels, the epistles, were written by the apostles. Listen, this is why it's so important you get in the Word. This is why it's so important that you get in the Word. What is our foundation? The Word. The foundation of our faith is the Word. Everything that we do is balanced on the Word. Everything that we hear, everything that we say, everything that we judge, we judge it on the foundation of the Word. The earths are founded on the Word of God. They're held in place by the Word. Glory to God. Verse 15. And he talked with me, uh, and he that talked with me had a, gold, had a golden reed uh, to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square. And the length is as, the length, it is as large as the breadth. In other words, it's as long as it is deep or wide. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. That's about 1,500 miles. If you were down in South Miami and you drove from South Miami and you drove all the way to Salem, Massachusetts, or you drove from the south tip of Miami all the way up into just this side of Maine, that's about 1,500 miles. For some of you that have been out to Oklahoma with us, you can imagine it this way. We leave the church. We go over here through the Ocoee. We go to Chattanooga. We go up to about just, just about just outside of Murfreesboro. We take the little off venture. We shoot up to 40. We take 40 across to Mississippi. We cross them across to Memphis. We cross the Mississippi River. We go all the way across Arkansas. Remember that? Where are we at, Pastor? You're still in Arkansas. Oh, Lord. You go all the way across to Oklahoma. Now, we only went just part way into Oklahoma. We stopped. And by then, y'all were done. But no, we go all the way across to Oklahoma. Then we go all the way across that upper square of Texas. Then we go all the way across New Mexico, and we just come just inside of Arizona, and that's 1,500 miles. That's how long the city of heaven, of the New Jerusalem is. That's how long it is. That's just, that's the city of heaven. Now, it's on a mountaintop. Now, imagine that. Now, remember, this is on a mountain ridge. So you got all the ups and downs down in there. It's a big place. It's a big place. He says the length. He says the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. So fifteen fifteen hundred miles high. Remember, we're going from down here at sea level all the way up to the mountaintops. All the way up to the mountaintops. That's how long, or that's how long, how deep, and how high the new city, the new city of heaven is. 
all around Jerusalem. That's how big this is. You think it can uh, house one or two people? Think it can house one or two? It says, and he measured the wall thereof, 144 cubits. Now check this out. According to the measure of a man, that is of the angel. Now some people have said, now we understand that there's nine-foot angels. And if you've got a nine-foot angel, how much do you know? Here to here, which is how they measured a cubit. Here to here on a nine-foot angel is longer than my arm from here to here. On average... The average length of a cubit, according to a man, is about 17 to 19 inches. But notice, it gives us a little sneaky peek here. He says, according to the measure of a man. So if the angel is the one doing the measuring, what's the angel doing? Oh, I'm only going to go to about here? No. It gives us a sneak peek that this angel is a redeemed man. It's giving us a sneak peek is what it is. So, because remember, this angel had the rod, and this angel was the one doing the measuring. So, hold on. So, in estimate, you're looking at about 216 feet is how high the wall is. That's pretty close. Pretty close. If I, if I, did my, if I calculated everything right, I believe that's a little bit longer or a little bit shorter than the length of a football field. I think it's pretty close to the length of a football field. High. The wall. Not the city, just the wall. At the top of the city. That's a, big, that's a pretty big wall. It's a pretty tall wall. All right. Verse 18. And the building of the wall of it was jasper. It's beautiful. Beautiful green. All of these stones, I encourage you to go look these stones up and look, kind of look at pictures of them. Um, <clears throat> but these, all of these stones are beautiful greens, uh, blues and whites and brilliant reds. That's what all of these stones are, and they're all very expensive stones. It said, and the building of the wall of it was jasper, and the city pure gold like onto clear glass. It's the, 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 the city, Brianna's been to the throne room in the spirit, and Zach has been to the throne room in the spirit, and they both testify that it's, that, that it's a clear glass that reflects light and has a golden hue to it. Do I have that correct? They both agree. We have that correct. They've both been there. I'm not saying I'm a little jealous at all, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All I know is it's better for those that believe than those that see. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. i got to give you a little bit of a hard time. (laughs) And it says, I'm just kidding. But notice it says that the city of pure gold is letting us know when you get, we can't, we don't have pure gold here because pure gold is, number one, it'd be super, super expensive. And pure gold in our, how we can get it is very uh, flexible. But God somehow makes it to where it works like glass. It says, in the foundations of the wall of the city, uh, garnished with all manner of precious stones, the first foundation, jasper, the second, sapphire, the third, Chalcedon, the fourth, emerald, the fifth, Sidox, yeah, that word, <laughs> Sidoxin, huh? Sardonyx, that's it, thank you. The sixth, Sardis, the seventh, Crystallite, um, not the drink, uh, the eighth, Burl, the ninth, Topaz, the tenth, Chrysophorus, the eleventh, Jathans, the twelfth, Amorous. Listen, 
these things are beautiful. These walls are decked in beauty. Yeah, and these are the foundations are dressed in this. The top wall is Jasper. I mean, this, is, this city is gorgeous beyond our imagination. Gorgeous beyond our imagination. Just absolutely gorgeous. The 12th gate, or the 12 gates, 12 pearls. Every serle per every serval uh, gate was one pearl. One pearl. The, the, look at how big the wall itself is 200 feet plus tall, and one pearl makes the gate. I said, Lord, I want to see the, the clam that makes that pearl. How much you know God can make the pearl without the clam? He can make the pearl without the clam. But one pearl, oh my goodness. And it, it, listen, they've got, these, they've got these little dress pearls. Have, if you ever, just, just, just try to go buy a string of actual true pearls and find out how expensive that is. They're so expensive, I still have my granny's original pearls. They're that, they're that priceless. I mean, just so costly, so expensive. And God says, oh, really? Here, I'm going to make one 200 foot tall. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> All right. And we think that God wants us poor. No. And we think, oh, that's too much to believe God for. God, I'll take one pearl. <laughs> Lord Jesus, just one pearl, just one. It doesn't even have to be 200 foot tall. I mean, just one will be just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll take a quarter of a gate, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> and I, now check this out. He said, uh, and the street of the city, pure gold. Now, this is not just one street. He's just drawing us a picture of one gate, one street. Remember I said you're going in on those 12, there's 12 gates and you get assigned one? Well, when you walk into heaven, you're walking on pure gold. And you're walking through this gate made of one pearl. And there's 12 angels. Can you picture this? Woo, Jesus, this is going to be glorious. Oh, man, this is going to be glorious. This is the thing that dreams are made of. I mean, wow. Um, Wizard of Oz ain't got nothing on God. Wow. Whew. He said, he said, pure gold, and, it, and um, as it were transparent, you can look right through it. And I saw no temple therein. Now, it doesn't say that there was no temple in the new city, Jerusalem. He said he didn't see the temple. Why? Because something grabbed his attention. Something grabbed his attention. He said, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Just like we can boldly go to the throne room now by faith, when we're there in heaven, we'll be able to walk right up to the Lord Jesus. We'll be able to walk right there to the Father God. Why? Because he's, I mean, he's going to be walking through heaven. We get to go right there with him. We'll be able to be right there with him. Everywhere we go, God will be there. Everywhere we go, the Lord will be there. I mean, he's just going to be right there in it. He says, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. Doesn't say that there's not a sun. Doesn't say that there's not a moon. Some people teach that. It doesn't say that. It says that the city has no need of it. Why does the city have no need of it? He said, for the glory of God did lighten it. Just God's glory. I mean, we looked at how big this city is, and just God's glory alone is going to lighten this thing up. How much you know the Bible says that there's no shadow of turning with God? There's no darkness in his presence. There's no darkness anywhere. Everything's pure glass, everything, pure gold. You can see right through it. 
Everything's reflecting. Listen, and you're not going to need sunglasses because our natural eyes are going to be redeemed. We're not going to need them. Glory to God. We're not going to want them. It said, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations, remember nations means all types of people, all types of people. The nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. We get to walk in the light of God's glory. Whew. We get to walk in it. I mean, you know, get to sing that song, I can only imagine, and my face is planted to the ground. Oh, Jesus! And I listen to Jesse Duplantis' Close Encounters of the God Kind, and he walks into the throne room, and God's there, and his face is planted. I've listened to Dad Hagen's accounts of when he was in heaven, and his face is planted, and he said the light was so bright. But listen, when we get to the New Jerusalem, the light's going to be so bright, but we are also going to be perfected in the glory, and we're not going to have to shield our faces from it anymore. We're not going to have to shield our faces. See, they had to shield their faces because they're still in this old carnal flesh. But when we get there in the glory, we're going to get to be able to walk right in his presence. We're not going to have to hide from it. Oh, man, it's going to be so good. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and their honor into it. Come on. We get to go in. Not only is the Lord shining, but we're shining. Not only is the Lord glorious and full of honor, but we get to carry our glory and our honor that we have in him, and we get to go in there and add to it. Have you ever taken one candle and gone, that's not enough, and come in and bring all these extra candles in? Come on, can you imagine the body of Christ coming in with their glory? Man, we're going to light up the world. By the time you put our glory with God's glory, and woo, man, talk about being able to see, be seen from space. Wow. And, uh, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and their honor into it. See, here's what you need to understand. When the new Jerusalem comes down, when the new heaven arrives, uh, we're still going to be living on the earth. There's still going to be kingdoms. There's still going to be, we're still going to be ruling and reigning. There's still, life is going to continue on after the millennial reign of Christ, but it's going to continue on gloriously. And it says, check out, check this out. And it says, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. Uh, for there shall be no night thereof. Listen, it's never going to be night, and the gates of the city are never going to close. Why? Because all of hell has been put in the pit for, I mean, demons, all the demons, all the evil, all the strife, everything. It's all, it's all been put away. There's nothing left that can come against the city, so the city gates are never closed. Never. And it's never night. Never. Well, Pastor, why am I going to sleep? I can't sleep in the light. Honey, you ain't going to need to sleep. You'll be in eternity. The only reason we sleep now is because of this old physical flesh. That's the only reason we sleep now. It's because we've got to rest our physical bodies. Oh, my goodness. And they shall bring the glory <coughs> and the... Uh, uh, it says, for there shall be no night, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Listen, people from all over the world are still going to travel to the New Jerusalem. They're going to come in. They're going to go out. They're going to be everywhere. But look at verse 27. I'm not trying to bring this down because, man, this was so good. But look at what he said. He said, and there shall no wise <coughs> enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abominations. Oh, here we go again. Or make it the lie. Listen, if you got a lie problem, if you got a lying problem, you need to fix it. 
Um, but that, he says, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Man, you want your name in that book. You don't want your name blotted out. All right, chapter 22, we're going to finish it because there's not a whole lot in here. But uh, it's going to shock you what I'm going to show you. And, uh, and the angel goes on and he shows him some more. And he says, and he showed me a pure river of water or of water of life. What's the pure river of the water of life? Jesus. He's, he's, there's, this, there's, the, there's these rivers that run into the city. And these rivers are full of the water of life. Uh, what are the rivers? Hmm, those are the people. Come on. Clear as crystal proceeding out, or I should say, I'm sorry, this is proceeding out. The rivers flow out of, from the throne room out, out, out. Clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Remember, Jesus said, those that are thirst, thirst of me. You'll never thirst again. Drink of me. You'll never thirst again. Come on. This is when that promise comes to pass. Come on. In the midst of the, in, in the, midst of the street of it and on either side of it, uh, of the river, was there a tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, you read that and immediately say, well, Pastor, I thought there was no sickness in heaven. You're right. There's not any sickness. There's not any sickness. But what is this? There's the tree of life. Listen, you're going to eat in heaven, but you're going to eat of the tree of life. And it's got this fruit on it that just brings health to your body. It sustains you healthy. It sustains your life. It sustains everything in you. It, 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 it undoes everything that this old world has done. I mean, it's just, it just keeps you healthy. It keeps you whole. Remember in the garden, Adam and Eve ate of the tree of life and there was no sickness in them? Why? Because they had the tree of life, the tree of health, the tree of healing. On them. On them. This is, he's just letting us know that, that with this tree, there's no, no sickness can touch. It says, and there shall be, look at this, and it says, and there shall be no more curse. All the sicknesses, all the plagues, all the disease, all the lack, all the poverty, all the wickedness of the curse, it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. Glory to God. He said, but instead, the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. Listen, we're going to be serving Jesus and the Father God all the days of eternity. And it's not going to be a labor. I don't want to be a servant all the days of my life. Yes, you do. Because it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. Um, my, uh, you know, and it's part of our history. We can't deny it. We can't get away from it. We can't erase it, although people try to. My great-grandparents were slave owners. Don't fall over. My great-grandparents were slave owners. In fact, the descendants of their slaves are still in the community that my dad lives in. My, my family and the family of the slaves that my grandparents owned are still friends. And uh, when the slaves got freed, many of them, um, you know, they, they, they could have, you know, my grandparents said, well, you, you've been freed, you can go, you know. They were willing to give them their land and their mule and what have you. They were willing to do it. But this is what many of the slaves said. Many of them said, no. We're going to stay right here. We're going to stay right here. We're going to continue to serve. Why? Because my grandparents were good 
owners, and they took good care of their slaves. They treated them like people. Why? Because they were. Why? Because they were. How much do you know? We're servants of God. We're not his slaves. We're his servants by choice. But how much you know? He, he treats us well. He gives, I mean, he keeps us healthy. He keeps us wealthy. He keeps us stable in the storm. He brings us through everything that comes our way. He takes care of us. Now, I'm not saying everything that my grandparents did was right. But I'm just using that as an example. When you are treated well by your, by, by your boss, uh, people stay. People stay. That's called uh, um, uh, uh, retention of employees. <laughs> yeah, we want to stay. So it won't be laborious. Verse 4, and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. Remember when we read over there uh, about the seven churches that God said, uh, hold fast in some of those churches. He said, just stay, just stay. And, and, and if you'll stay in the end, you'll, I'll put my name in your forehead and I'll put my name on your chest. And I'll make you a pillar in my temple. Remember in some of those churches he made those promises? Well, this is that promise coming to pass. Glory to God. It says, and there shall be no night. Woo! Ain't got to be afraid of the dark no more because there ain't no dark. And they, and, and they need no candle, neither the light of the sun. For God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Forever and ever we do reign. Forever and ever we do reign. Now look at verse 6 because I've noticed something in the King James Bibles because I've looked at several of them. Several of them, especially the red letter editions, some of them have a little, little bits and pieces in here are marked red. Some of them, uh, the whole thing is in black. Some of them, if it's not a black, if it's not a red letter edition, but they italicize the words of Jesus, some of it's italicized, some of it's not. And it gets real confusing. But I'm going to show you what, what Jesus says and what John says. So in verse 16, and this is the angel speaking, and the angel said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God, verse 6, and, he, and this, is John, this is the angel speaking to John, and, he, and the angel said, and he said unto me, this is the angel speaking, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel or his messenger to show unto his servant, being you, John, the things which, which must shortly be done. Now, in my Bible, the next up to the colon is red, but more than that should be read. This whole Verse 7 is, is really all of the words of Jesus. And this messenger is quoting what Jesus said. This was the message that the angel, that Jesus gave the angel to give. He said, so these, are, these would be the words of Jesus, but the angel is speaking them. This is why it's so confused. He said, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Didn't we see that in the beginning? We did. Now, John goes off, and John puts his own little insert right here in verse 8 and 9. And, it said, and then he says, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Now, how much you know? We're not supposed to worship the angels. Look at what it says in verse 9. It says, Then saith unto me, <clears throat> See thou do it not. 
In other words, this messenger said, no, 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 don't worship me. He said, for I am thy fellow servant. Uh Uh-oh. Can this be an angelic host? No, it's a fellow servant. And thy brethren of the prophets, that means he's, he's related to the prophets, either by the blood of Christ or something. He's, he says, of thy brethren of the prophets, and of them that keep the sayings of this book. In other words, this is a man, this is not an angelic host, but he's there as a messenger. And then he said this, he said, worship God. This messenger told John we are to worship who? God. And then he goes up, but now in verse 10 to the end of the chapter, he's quoting what Jesus told him to say. He, said, he carries on and he says, He saith unto me, this is how he knows that this is what Jesus said, Seal not the sayings of, this, of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Remember when, this, when all of this started, uh, there was the angel that came and said, Don't write any of this down. And now he's had vision after vision after vision, and now he gets to the end, and now the angel says, Now Jesus told the angel, or the messenger, now go ahead and write all this down. He said, for he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. Now that seems weird that that's the word of Jesus. Jesus said, let him that's unjust be unjust still, and he that's filthy, let him be filthy still. In other words, if people want to be, if people want to go to hell, if people want to receive Satan, if people want to reject Christ, let them. Don't beat them. Don't badger them. Don't condemn them. Listen, Satan's condemning them enough. Love them. Love them. Be sensitive to the Spirit. Pray for them. I'll see people that, I mean, you can just look at them and tell them Satan's eating their lunch, and I won't say a word to them, but I pray for them. Now, if I go to pray for them and the Lord says, now go talk to them, then I'll go talk to them. Why? Because God knows every person, and he knows who, he knows when they're willing to receive, when they have an ear to hear, he knows what they need to hear and who they need to hear it from. And if you just go out there just bulldozing people with the word, you're going to offend them and shut them down. He said, so, so these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, listen, he said, they want to be filthy, let them be filthy. If they want to be unrighteous, let them be unrighteous. Just let them, or unjust. He said, let them. And it says, and he goes on and he says, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. In other words, stay, those that are righteous, let them, let them stay righteous. He says, and he that is holy, let him be holy still. Let him be holy. Here's the deal. Yes, we're supposed to preach Christ. Yes, we're supposed to share the gospel. Yes, we're supposed to share the good news. But more than anything, we are supposed to display Christ in our life and with the words of our mouth, and that's the biggest testimony you can ever have. And it will do more for people than you will ever imagine. And that will bring more people than you can imagine. Now, there's times that Lord will lay it on your heart to compel somebody. I have, I have flat compelled people because the, Lord, because the Lord convicted me to compel them. And I mean, I just compelled them. I was on them all the time. I, I mean, I've got people that I still reach out to. And I'll still send them a text from time to time and say, Hey, I'm just thinking about you. Hey, I love you. Hey, God hadn't forgotten about you. Hey, God needs you. Hey, come on. And I've also reached out to people and I've also told them, Quit drinking. Quit cussing. Quit getting, I've, I've reached out to people and said, get away from that demon-possessed man. 
I've reached out to people and said, quit prostituting yourself. But I only did it when the Spirit led me. Because if I do it out of time, I'm going to do more harm than good. More harm than good. He said in verse 12, and, he, and these are, again, words of Jesus, through the messenger. He said, and behold, I come quickly. Now, if he told John he was coming quickly, how much you know Jesus is coming quickly now? I mean, it don't take much to look at this world and go, whoo, Jesus. I mean, Michael's been, we were talking with Stuart beforehand. He said, man, he's been doing this fire thing a long time. And I said, yeah, he, he, he retired 20 years. Now he's been retired for a little more than a year, so 21 years. And we see, now we've seen less fire activity. Like there's been, you know, when he first started, there was a lot of little fires. Just a lot of little fires. You can get in there and get them out quick. But we've seen more fast-moving, hot-burning, quick, deadly fires, like the one in Hawaii, like the ones in Australia, like the ones in, up in Canada. I mean, like the one that he's going right now. These fires are moving. When these fires start, they move quick. They move fast. I mean, these fires are so hot, they're literally melting metal as they, I mean, in a flash. I mean, the fire just goes, and the metal is just melted. I mean, we're seeing worse fire, as far as the intensity of fire, we're seeing worse fires now than we've ever seen in the history of, fire, of uh, firefighting. I mean, it's bad out there. He said, Behold, I come quickly, and, I re- and, and my reward is with me. When Jesus comes, he's coming with a reward. Yes. And he said, my reward is with me to get every man according as his work shall be. Listen, you want the good works. The works won't save you. The works won't get you into heaven. But the works do apply to your reward. And you want your works to matter. Come on. He said this. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. How much you know this is not the messenger declaring this? This is the messenger declaring what Jesus told him to declare. And he continues to declare it. He said, blessed are they that do his commandments. Uh Uh-oh, we talked about that. And they, he said, look, look, look. He said, blessed are they that do my commandments that they might have right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Listen, if you're not keeping the commandments, you need to be very concerned about your entrance into the gate. You got to keep your command, keep the commandments. He said, for without are the dogs. Now, I'm not being mean. I'm not being ugly. I'm not being crude. I'm just telling you what this word dogs means. This word dogs in the original Hebrew, and I believe that's the way he intends it here, this word dogs, yes, it means those little four-legged creatures we got running around the house. But how much you know, Jesus wasn't talking about those guys. This word dogs in the original Hebrews specifically meant the, cult, the male cult prostitutes or, the, or, or homosexuals. That's really what he meant. That's really what he meant. That's really what he was saying. I'm not being mean. I'm not being ugly. If you've got this problem in your life, we'll pray for you. We'll get you set free. But that's what this word dogs is talking about. 
is the sexually immoral people, specifically homosexuals. Specifically what it means is the sodomites. If you don't know what sodomy means, go look it up. And sorcerers, that's the people that are dealing with things that intoxicate. The whoremongers, go look it up. The murderers, the idolaters, again, and whosoever loveth. This isn't, oops, you slipped up and didn't tell the, listen, when I read this, I'm not talking about you answered the phone and somebody said, what you doing? And, and, you, and you just said, well, I'm just sitting here when you was on the toilet. That's not what I'm talking about, although you need to be truthful in that too. I've been teaching people, don't, if you don't want to know what somebody's doing when they answer with the phone, don't ask them. Because you might get an answer you don't want if they're truthful. But, listen, it says, whosoever loveth, loveth, and maketh lie. In other words, your way of living is a lie. You're, the way you talk all the time is a lie. He said, he said, for without, who, in other words, without where? Without the city. You're on the outside of the city. Well, if this, at this point you're on the outside of the city, uh, that means that you're in hell. That's not a good place to be. He said, I, he said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel or my messenger to testify unto you these things in the churches. Did, he tell, did, did, Jesus, did Jesus say, go, go preach revelations in the street corners? Look at that. Where did Jesus tell him to preach this? He said, I, Jesus, have sent my messenger to testify unto you these things in the churches, the assembly houses. That's what church means, is the assembly house. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. He says, come. The spirit says, come. The bride says, come. Who is the bride? The bride of Christ is everyone that qualifies to live in the city. Who is the bride? Who qualifies? Those that have made Jesus the Lord of their life from their heart, not from their head. Those that have, that have said, I believe that Jesus is the Lord. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I receive him as Lord. They're born again, and now they're working to keep the commandments of God. Well, what? well it's not possible to, to live every day of your life and not sin. Well, yes, it is, because Jesus said, go and sin no more. But if you mess up, if you, listen, there's a big difference to willful sinning and to, uh, I lost control of my flesh for a moment, now I have to repent. There's a big difference. No, repent, get right, and, 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 and don't do that sin again. Do your very best. So who's the bride? The bride are those believers that are following the commandments of God, those that are living by the Spirit, those that are walking as close to upright, walking in the righteousness that Jesus paid for them to live in. That's the bride. And, the city, and, and, and we all have access to this beautiful city where God dwells. And it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him, and let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Listen, there's this doctrine out there that says God's already decided who's making heaven and who's making hell and you can't change it no matter what you do. That's not true. 
If that's who our God was, then he would not have free will. You can decide at any moment that you're going to make heaven. And you can begin to live the life that Jesus came for you to live. He, Jesus has a few more things to say. He says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man, now this is a warning, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Don't add to the book of Revelation. Don't add to the Bible. Don't say things that the Bible doesn't say. Don't make it say things. Because you can take any scripture out of context and make it say things it doesn't mean. He said, and if any man shall take away from the words of this book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Uh, don't, don't, <laughs> uh, do not, <laughs> do not add and do not take away. He said, uh, he said, because God shall take away his part out of the book of life. You don't want your name blotted out because you've added to the word of God. And, and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. How much, you listen, if, if there's a preacher saying, man, you got time, Jesus ain't coming yet, I did the math. Don't listen to them. If anybody says he ain't coming quick, don't listen to them. He's coming quickly. Amen. That's the name of Jesus. He said, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Listen, the Lord's coming back. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. In other words, he signed his name to it. How much do you know? Amen. That doesn't always, doesn't, does not always mean so be it. One of Jesus' name is amen. Jesus signed the book. He signed the book. Oh, my goodness. In the end, we win. In the end, we go to the holy city. So when you look at, and I just want to express this, when you look at the sinners sinning, and it looks like they got all the money, and it looks like they got all the power, and it looks like they're living good, and it looks like they're living large, and it looks like they have no problems, don't fall for it. Because if they don't have Jesus Christ, in the end, they lose everything everything and they go to hell for all of eternity it matters how we live it matters how we walk this walk it matters how we speak it matters the things that we do it matters the book of deuteronomy it says this day i said i in the book of deuteronomy god said i record this day heaven and earth records this day against you in other words, heaven and earth is recording everything that happens. Listen, if you've got things in your life that you have not repented. And then when he says that everything against you, don't take that as bad. That doesn't always mean bad. Because he's recording the good and the bad. He's record How much of you, if you're sitting in a courtroom, they're recording everything. The good and the bad. Heaven's recording the good and the bad. If you have any unrepented sin, if the Lord brings something up to you, uh, Repent. Repent. He's a good and faithful God. I end my day every day. Well, most days. I'm not going to say every day because there's days I miss. But I, 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 I do my best to end my day with this. Father, if there's anything in my life that I need to repent from, if it was something from today, yesterday, a week ago, a month ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, Lord, if there's anything in my life that I need to repent for, 
Father, bring it to my remembrance so I may get right with you. Because he knows. He knows. And he's a rightful judge. And he doesn't want us coming before the judgment seat of Christ with unrepented sins. Because he wants us to give, he wants to give us the full reward. I tell you guys all the time, I'm looking for the big pile of reward and the teeny little judgment fire. What's the judgment fire? Unrepented sin and evil works. Father, if there's any evil works, if there's anything I've done, if there's anything I've done, I told you guys Sunday morning, the Lord was pointing some things out to me and showing some things to me uh, uh, to me about when Michael and I were, were married, the first part of our marriage, and we weren't living for Jesus, and I was a mean, red-headed, worldly person, and, and how quick and sharp and harsh I would be, and how it affected his, 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 his self-image. And I had already talked to him about it, but there was just a few things I had not addressed yet. And I, because I didn't know about them. And the Lord revealed them to me. And I went to my husband and I started to repeat. And I'm like weeping and sobbing and snotting everywhere because it's like, oh, my heart hurts so bad. Now I haven't treated him that way in 20 years because, I mean, 20 plus years because we've been living for Jesus. But that stuff was still down there in the sea. Really what it was, was really what the Lord showed me is even though I had repented to him, I had not repented to my husband. And therefore those things were still affecting him. So I had to go to him because it was still affecting him. And I had to say, that's not my heart. That's not what I think. That's not what I believe. That's not at all it. And Michael said, how do you? And I said, no, I have to. He said, okay, I get it. And then there, and it brought a new level of sweetness to our marriage. See, God will bring things up to you. But you just got to say, Father, if there's anything, if there's anything anywhere. I was listening to a... Pastor Craig Fields, I'm wrapping up, y'all. I am. I know. I know we're way over time, but I, I just want to share this. I was listening to Pastor Craig Fields several months ago, and he was dealing with a situation where somebody was judging him unfairly. They didn't know the situation. They didn't know the story. They didn't know what. They did not know the circumstance, but they were coming against him and his ministry unfairly. And he went to the Lord, and he told. He said, "Lord, I need you to vindicate this situation. I need your help. I, they're they're judging the situation unfairly." They don't know. And uh, he was seeking the Lord about it. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, I can't. And he said, what? <laughs> uh, God, there's nothing you can't do. What do you mean you can't? And, and God said, do you remember this situation back there? And he said, yeah, Lord, I remember that situation. He said, do you remember that family member where you judged that family member unfairly when you didn't know the circumstance? He said, yeah, Lord, I remember that situation. He said, but Lord, that situation's got to be 25, 30 years old. And the Lord said, yeah, I know. He said, but you sowed the seed back there and you still haven't repented. He said, until you repent, until you call that family member, until you make it right with that family member, I cannot vindicate you in this situation over here. How important repentance is. How much, do you think it took uh, Pastor Craig very long to get on the phone? No. He called that family member. And he told him, he got on the phone with him. He said, I don't know if you remember this situation or not, and told him the situation. And the family said, well, yeah, I vaguely remember the situation. He said, well, i got to tell you something. He said, I judged you without knowing the situation. And the family said, member said, you did? And they said, he said, yeah. He said, well, and they said, oh, don't worry about it. He said, no. He said, it matters. I treated you wrong, and it's not okay, and I'm a Christian, and I shouldn't have done that. He said, I'm sincerely sorry that I did that to you. And they said, oh, you know, they said, I don't. He said, no, seriously, I need you to forgive me. 
I mean, he, he put his flesh down multiple times because they were like, ah, blow it off. He's like, no, seriously, I, I'm very, very sorry. And they said, okay, and he, well, we forgive you. We didn't even know anything about it, but we forgive you. And then he went back to the Lord, and the Lord said, already done, already handled. You'll see the situation turn in just a few days. And the situation turned immediately. Matters how we live. It matters. Glory to God. But praise the Lord, we win. Praise the Lord in the end. We get to be members of the great city. All right. Are you happy that we've gone through the book of Revelations? Is it good to know in the end we win? Whew. Uh, let me ask you. Is there anybody in here that wants to go through the tribulation? No. All right. We've settled that. Good. Good. For a while there, I thought, well, why are y'all? I mean, y'all were, y'all were greatly distressed for a while there in that. Derek, if you'll come. For a little while there, they, I thought, y'all thinking you're going? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, we're going to do our tithes and our offering. If you're writing out a check, write it out to DHM. If you want to give online, the instructions should be on the screen here in just a minute. Uh, they'll be on the screen for those online. And uh, Miss Shirley Brooks, we know that you're listening online. We don't always get to say hello, but hello, greetings. We do love you. We are so grateful that you join us online. Uh, and I know Miss Becky and several others join us, and I just thought of Miss Shirley, so I wanted to give her a shout-out. And, Father, we just, oh, we just thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that we see the book of Revelations. We've received it. We've read it. We're blessed. We hold the teachings in our heart. We hold the prophecy, Father God. Father, for we've learned that in the end we win, but we want to roll out of here when the church rolls out of here, when Jesus calls, when Jesus calls his bride away. We want to be part of that bride. And so, Father, we're working and we're endeavoring to get there. And so, Father, we just love you with a grateful heart. We sow into your kingdom. And, Father, we just ask that you bless it and that you make us a blessing to be a blessing. And, Satan, we tell you to take your hands off of every person's increase, every person's seed, every person's... You take your hands off their bodies, off their minds, off every area of their life. You release it and let it go. Release the increase in every area. Let it go. <clears throat> we command you to release the sevenfold return for everything that you've stolen. And angels, we command you, according to the word, to go out and cause prosperity to come. For Father, for the word tells us, oh, that God, that God supplies us with all his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you that we're supplied abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And, Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, Father, we thank you for increase. We thank you for safety. We thank you for provision. In Jesus' mighty name, Derek, you can serve the people. Glory to God. Well, Saturday, glory to God, we will not be in the house at 8 o'clock in the morning praying. <laughs> Saturday, we're going to Jackrabbit for our P. 